0: From BossTrack, it's Her Hype Squad, a show about amazing women who've made incredible strides as leaders in their industry. They're here to support you and your leadership growth, to encourage you and hype you up as part of your hype squad. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Her Hype Squad with BossTrack. I'm your host, Michelle Harris. In this episode, I'm talking with Candace Hickman. Candace and I talk about storytelling and how it can help new leaders communicate more effectively and build trust. We talk about her slow year experience and what she has planned for 2023. But before we share a conversation, let me tell you about Candace. Candace Hickman is a spiritual life coach and marketing mentor for heart-centered business leaders. Over the past seven years, she has helped hundreds of clients to more deeply understand who they are what they have to offer, and how to share their story in order to inspire and connect with others. In December, Candace and her husband, Elmer, will be launching a life and wellness program called The Slow Year, with a mission to help people reimagine the way they live, work, and lead. And we'll talk a little bit about that in this episode. So without further delay, I uh, present to you my conversation with Candace Hickman. Hi, Candace, I'm so excited to have you on. I've been looking for, forward to our conversation because we not only talk about um, leadership-related skills, but also wellness, which is a nice blend uh, with, for our audience and really what Boss Track, uh really tries to promote. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to have you on here. So thank you very much. Um, I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do in your background, if you don't mind sharing.
1: Yeah, of course. Loaded question there. (laughs) I, yeah, so I'm Candace Hickman and I have, um, I've been kind of in the personal branding and marketing world for the last uh, seven years, um, but started my career in health, yeah. right? I started as an occupational therapist and I entered the coaching industry uh, back in 2014 as a health coach. And so I've seen kind of multiple evolutions throughout that time and now am returning um, to my roots with health and wellness and as we're getting ready to launch a new uh, wellness and spirituality program called the slow year. So that's what I've got going on.
0: Great. And like I said, we're, we're excited to have you on because one of the, uh, underappreciated parts of leadership is the ability to tell stories and how effective that can be in getting people motivated, or you know, explaining how to do something, or you know, really a number of different things. So, uh, mm. one of and I'm I'm not sure if it comes from the personal branding aspect, but I know you are somewhat of a specialist in storytelling. So, I'd love mm. for you to share kind of how storytelling can help a leader. Uh, especially a new leader as they try to make their way uh, leading a new team?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, storytelling is something that um, has been central to my work, particularly when it comes to personal branding, because I've spent a lot of years, um, you know, the last kind of seven years working with a lot of different leaders in the self-help industry, both rising and established leaders helping them to understand who they are, what they have to offer, and then how to communicate uh, the value of what they offer in a way that feels really resonant. And we do that through storytelling. And so that's what the connection is there between the storytelling and the work that I've done in personal branding. And so storytelling is just like one of those um incredible skills to have because we're all connected through stories. You know, when I tell a story, you might glean some type of lesson from it. The person sitting next to you might glean a totally different lesson completely based upon um, their own personal experience and their relationship to the story that you're telling. And so storytelling has this really powerful way of kind of breaking down barriers. It requires that the person telling the story is willing to get vulnerable. Um, it, it, It is this opportunity to kind of connect with people on a deeper level that maybe just like giving information or providing education doesn't always have the capacity to do. And so... Uh, telling stories is something that is both powerful when it comes to branding yourself or marketing your services as it is to actually connecting with people and holding space as a leader. Um, And so, yeah, storytelling is is a huge um, part of of what I've been doing over the years and helping people to really drop into who they are, understand better who they are uh, in order to communicate the value of what it is that they have to offer.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I have to admit, for me and my career and I 25 years in leadership, I mean, I generally know about storytelling and kind of how to uh, make something I'm communicating a little more effective, but it really hadn't been a focus of mine. And uh, kind of what you said about helping new leaders and businesses, I, I can see now where it's even become like so much more important to have to be able to tell a story so that people really understand and um and take what you are saying um in in a in a in a positive way um Mm -hmm. but I'd love for I'd love to know how you get people started so once somebody understands okay I need to start uh adding story in my communication but if somebody is maybe a little more analytical like like I was my fine I had a finance background so my brain wasn't always going to telling a story like how how do they get started
1: mm. well i think a big part of this is understanding uh who you are understanding um kind of the background or where you come from specifically in relationship to the audience that you're in front of, right? Like the story that I tell um, in different scenarios, my personal story, it might come out in different ways. And so there is this kind of balance Firstly, we want to understand what you believe that you're here to do, right? What do you believe that your purpose is or your call is or what is it that you believe is your function in the workplace? Firstly, we have to understand that there is like the who am I piece right? That I think is really important. And then all of the elements around how did I actually get here? Why am I here? What brought me here? What experiences in my background have driven me to this place in this time that I exist in right now? So when we can kind of understand the background, the who are we piece to really be anchored uh, in that aspect, that's kind of the first step in understanding um, where we're at in terms of telling stories. The next thing we have to understand is, like, why we're telling the story, right? Like, if I'm going to get ready to tell a story, what would be the purpose of this story? Is this something that I'm trying to sell, right? Do I have something that I have on offer that I want to sell? Do I have um, an idea that I'm trying to communicate in the workplace um, that I need people to actually buy into, is the purpose of me telling this story for connection and entertainment and to break down barriers and create more uh, vulnerability and a sense of a deeper sense of connectivity with people in a social setting or even in a team environment. So it's understanding who am I, the background that brought me to here, the why and what it is that I'm actually trying, like why would it be important for me to tell this story? And then the third component here is like who needs to receive the story, right? Like who who is on the other end, the receiving end of the story, and what is it that they need? What is their, what is their story like broadly as an audience? What brings them to this moment in time where they need to hear your story? You know are they here to be entertained is there some type of pain point when it comes to marketing is there some type of pain point some type of struggle some type of pleasure that they are seeking that in you in telling your story allows the person to either feel inspired or move to action in some type of way so we're not in order for a story to really be effective uh, we firstly have to understand the background that brings us to this place and time where we're ready to tell the story what it is that we're trying to uh, communicate around, or why we feel the need to tell a story to begin with, what's the thing that we're trying to sell, the interaction we're trying to have, and then who is it that we're actually communicating, what's their story. And where those things bridge, where all of those things come together, is the point of like a really effective and resonant story.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. One of the things I think that was a little intimidating for me is that I thought a story had to be like some kind of fable that I had memorized. So uh-huh. it was some, you know, not a story about me or my experiences, but a story, uh, another story that I just had to kind of keep on tap. Uh, but mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like it, it has to, to be that it sounds like it could be more personal.
1: Yeah, well, oftentimes that's not even necessarily the story that I teach. Like as someone, the the type of storytelling that I teach is somebody who um, has always encouraged people to learn how to tell their own personal stories. um, That to me is the thing. Because when you tell a personal story or even when you tell a story that's maybe not personal but you have a personal relationship to the story, there is a certain emotion that can be infused throughout the story because if we take ourselves back into the moment if we if we can actually drop ourselves back into the moment of the emotion of what was happening uh as this story was actually developing in real time then when we're actually telling the story emotion comes through we feel connected to it that energy translate and transfers to the people that are listening that's what resonance is about right and so it could absolutely be a story maybe that's not personal to you but that you have a personal relationship to because when we tell those moving stories that's when uh, they have the impact that storytelling can actually have.
0: Yeah um, I'm, I'm wondering how like for somebody that is new to storytelling and they're not necessarily good at thinking on their feet like is it is it a good idea to kind of ha- have take some time to like really pull together what all of your stories are, so that you can be able to kind of talk about them or or tell them
1: at any given moment? There could be some value in that um, from a from a practice standpoint. I think perhaps the most value when it comes to storytelling is bringing your awareness to the fact that stories actually happen in every moment of every day. Like a a lot of times people get caught up around this idea of storytelling because they think like, well, there was, they think that their life has one story, like there's just this one big story of my life. When in actuality, like every minute of every day, there's little micro stories that are happening all of the time. And, and if you pay attention, you'll notice that there could almost be a lesson in every moment that happens. But that happens when you start paying attention. So I think that that's the one thing to note. I think also when it comes to like, well, should they pull together a bunch of potential stories to pull from? That's entirely possible and true and, and certainly a way that you could go about it if you understand what the purpose of you telling any given one of those stories would be. We don't just tell stories for stories' sake, although I will say, <laughs> you know, I have a, a local storytelling event and we tell stories for stories' sake, for the sake of entertainment, and that doesn't necessarily always have to be a lesson, um, but for leaders... Um, who are trying to connect better with their teams, or market the value of a service, or um, you know, and any reason that that a, um, a leader might tell a story. We just want to stay connected to like, if I'm going to sit down and write out all my stories or a bunch of stories, in which scenarios what might these be relevant, and who might be listening, and why might they care. Yeah, I love that. And I'm
0: glad you brought up the event that you have about storytelling, mm-hmm. because I'm wondering if putting yourself out there and attending events like that, or maybe even joining like a Toastmasters would help kind of somebody new to storytelling start exercising the ability to draw from their experiences and tell tell their story.
1: hmm. Absolutely. I think any time we're, anytime we're immersed in, um, in, in the thing that we want to learn more about, um, I think we get a greater opportunity to actually learn and and hear from other people. I mean, I think I wouldn't even say that, um, I mean, I've been to Toastmasters in the past and it's a, it's a very structured kind of experience. It's very um, specific and particular the way in which things are laid out. Uh, For me, my experience of storytelling, I think it's been much less um, structured or learned per se, rather than embodied, because I growing up, I read a lot, I would read a lot of books, a ton of stories, I always had my head in a book if I'm watching movies or listening to speakers um, on like TED talks or um, watching motivational talks or, you know, even you can see like the Moth live storytelling series in, in, uh, in New York, based out of New York, you know, there's ways that you can immerse yourself where it doesn't necessarily mean that storytelling has to be so structural, although it can be, but more that you're just, you're taking some, but we tell stories every day. Like we tell stories to each other every day, right? Like every conversation we sit down at the end of the day, your partner goes or your your friend or, or whoever says to you, hey, how was your day? And you go into like this big, you go into storytelling. It's really actually natural. I think the part where people get caught up is they think it is something different. I think one of the most powerful ways that I've developed my storytelling skills over the years has literally been by sending emails and writing us social media posts to my the, the, to, to my audience, telling them what's going on, sharing a story and then what's the lesson, sharing a story and why does it matter, sharing a story and this is why I'm telling you this. And I think if we just get into a habitual practice, into the habit
0: so if so if so if I think about how this could apply to someone who is in like a corporate leadership role and
1: mm.
0: they um, I don't know that somebody comes in and asks for advice or they they come in for a one on one and want to know how to approach something
1: mm-hmm. storytelling
0: could really just mean well let me tell you about my experience when I mm-hmm. did X Y Z is yeah. that a kind of
1: yeah you could be yeah let me tell you about a time when um, i did xyz or maybe you've had a supervisory relationship um in which you've seen that scenario play out in the past if you could share stories anonymously from from other experiences um you know it could be an opportunity to uh be deeply curious and draw the story out of the person that is sitting in front of you, um, you know, and what does it look like to ask them the details and to ask them, like, so how can we connect with each other um, through the power of storytelling? Got it. So it doesn't need to be, let me
0: tell you about the story about that rabbit and the turtle. And this, no. is,
1: the, yeah, this is what you learn from that. No, no, I think personal stories is one of the most powerful. If we can get into the habit of like learning how to tell our personal stories um, and, and all you have to, and I, and I mean, I guess it's easier said than done for somebody that maybe is a little bit less experienced with with um, telling stories in what might feel like a more formal way. I think we have to remember firstly that it doesn't have to be formal. Um, and then we have to remember secondly that, uh, we tell stories in order to connect. That your story is valid, that your story is has the pa- power to move people, that your story has the power to connect with people, that um, you don't have to have some crazy rags to riches or like overcoming the monster or any type of, you know, outrageous story for it to be valid, for it to be interesting, for it to have the capacity to really help you to connect with people. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be about the tortoise and the hare
0: <laughs> and i'm wondering for people like i think i run into this a lot as well when you live your experience it's just it's just something that happened to you like how do you get past how do you how do you know when it's something to share. I don't know if I'm asking that right. Like, because yeah. for like, for me, it might seem like, oh, it's something that happened. And it's no big deal. But maybe to tell somebody else, like it, it is something that might help them in a moment.
1: Um, I don't, do you yeah. do you run into that? Just does. Just- yeah, I think, well, I think that as you begin to start using storytelling as a tool, you start to intuitively sense when is the right and appropriate and most powerful time to share um, a story like that. Um, but I also think that it comes down to um I have stories now that i share more now about like how i was raised and you know things my dad did growing up that were like central to like my experience as we get ready to kind of launch this new wellness and spirituality program the stories that i share around my upbringing uh, that i have really never shared before Uh, because as i slowed down as i create space for inspiration to kind of come in, um, you start to feel into stories that seem relevant to the moment. And I think that that comes from getting out of your head and into your heart. And when you say, like, well, how will I know when it's the right time to share a story, it's like when you slow down and you create space and you really listen to people, when you understand what people need and this is a huge part of it that i really think is so important to be said remember that every story has an audience and particularly when it comes to like leadership you know operating like on a relational level or um you know personal branding in the corporate world or otherwise um we have to remember that um A brand is essentially a perception of you that exists outside of you. That's what a brand is. In that way, when we are trying to, we're being in positions of leadership or we are branding ourselves in the marketplace or whatever it might be, that we have to remember that the stories we share helps to shape a perception about us as much as it helps us to connect to people. And so knowing what's the right story to share means knowing who the person is that you're talking to. So I've always said the work is never really about us. And so when I teach a storytelling, when I teach personal branding or anything that I teach, I it's it's that remembering that the work is never really about me. Me telling a story, while it might be an outlet for me, it's not really about me, it's not really about my story, it's maybe about the lesson or how the person that's on the other end is going to receive it. What is the lesson that maybe they could glean from it? What is the lesson that I'm trying to convey with it? What do I want to impart with it? I also think that when we start to operate from that sense of the work is not about me, it alleviates much of the pressure to feel like, is this story valid how how is this going to um, make others feel becomes the larger question yeah and I uh, going
0: back to you brought up about listening and that is one of the most overlooked skills in management or leadership is active listening and really just kind of opening your mind and taking that time to hear what Mm -hmm. the other person is saying so I mean, I I think, like, as you said, that's, like, step number one is to make sure that you're opening up that space to listen and hear what the challenge is or, you know, really where they're coming from. So, you know, how, so you know what story to share.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, can I ask you? with your personal branding clients without kind of talking about who is mm-hmm. there a, um, an experience that you can kind of recall that might be helpful to the audience to say like, what is the process you go through, uh, mm-hmm. to really help them know their story?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think that one of the biggest parts that I, um, Start, it's kind of how what we spoke about earlier, which is like, who am I? What do I have to offer? And then how do I actually communicate it? Um, the reverse can actually be true when I'm working with clients. One of the first things I'm, sa- I'm asking people is like, what do you want to be known for? <laughs> right? Like, what, let's, let's talk first about like, what is it that you actually want to be known for? And um, who do you want to be in your audience? Do you, Are you somewhat established or you've already got people in your audience? Or who would you want to be in your audience? And so once we can kind of define that, we can define the different elements of the person that's existing in my audience. Okay, so why are they here? What are they struggling with? What do they actually need to learn? What do they need to understand? Um If they achieve success doing this thing, what will their life look like? What will transformation look like? What did they look like before they came into contact with your story? What are they like now after they've come into contact with your story? And so understanding kind of the arc of a story to begin with, which is that there's always somebody who wants a thing. There's some barriers to them getting it. And then eventually they get over the hump and then life is different. And so firstly, we have to understand all of these different elements of the person that's actually sitting in front of me. So there's there's that, so that part first, is that a lot of the times some people when they're like, oh, I can't answer this, Candace. I feel confused about my identity or I feel a little bit confused. It's okay, well, let's figure out then who's in your audience first. Maybe that is an easier route. And for a lot of people, that's an easier route to take right once i understand now like who's there sitting in my audience i can say what do they need to hear right is there a list of lessons that they need to hear is there what are the things that they need to understand what are the steps maybe that they need to go through in order to experience this transformation or this experience that my work or my story can provide for them once you understand all of those pieces Then stories start to form because then you think back and you go, well, what have I experienced in my life when it comes to that aspect that they need help with? What's my experience of understanding that lesson? You know, and then as as you can kind of make sense of those things and of that person's experience and what they need, your stories start to unfold because you go, oh, they need to understand this lesson And here's a story that I went through, an experience I had or that somebody that I worked with or knew went through that I know would be supremely helpful for them to hear.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing Mm. that. And I feel like this is like a therapeutic session for me here. Mm. So (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: And what, so you already, you already kind of mentioned um, the slow year and I, and I, that's maybe this is a good time to switch Mm. over to the Mm. slow year experience and really what you're Mm. building and, you know, how you've taken the last year to Mm. kind of Mm. make that space to, to build what you're building
1: yeah sure yeah so i um at the end of uh, last year i kind of had this moment where i thought oh my goodness i just well there was a couple of things i said i don't know if marketing and branding is necessarily something that i want to be known for anymore so back to that question that i ask of my clients don't really know that this is something that i want to be known for i think that there's something different that i've been called to do and i felt this for many years but i didn't really know what it was Um, I felt like I'd gotten to a point in my life, in my business, in my health, um, even in some of my friendships where there was just like this plateau where I felt like I was doing the same things, having the same conversations, um, making the same amount of money that I had been making for many years. And so at the end of last year, I said, you know what, something needs to give. I had this moment um, with a friend where I was like, why are we having this conversation again? I feel like we've been having this conversation every like week for three years, like I can't keep having this conversation because nothing will change. And so I said, you know, I think I'm going to have to do something differently, but I've tried the work harder thing. (laughs) I've tried the work smarter thing. I've tried all these things and I don't think I can work any harder, do anything more. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to slow down. And I'm going to slow all the way down. And, like, for me, I don't think that I can just slow down for eight weeks or two months or three days It needs to be for a really long time because I just need to fully learn how to embody, have faith and trust that things will continue to run smoothly even if I'm slower. And so I embarked on a journey at the end of the year last year that I was called the slow year. And I said this year I am ready to like reconnect with people in person again and I want to um, really prioritize my health and my wellness and tending to my spirit just above all else and i i i really just um yeah i just want to be i want to be slow and so i embarked on this journey and as I kind of have gone throughout this year uh, people started asking me pretty early in my year well i want to do a slow year what does it mean to do a slow year and I said well look i'm i'm just taking me, my own year right now but next year maybe next year i'll do it and so, you know i'm a, a certified um, spiritual coach i'm a trained life um, life coach and a trained health coach started my career went through the institute of integrative nutrition back in 2014 um, and an, and a former occupational therapist so i have actually quite a, a large background in kind of the health industry um but had been had gotten kind of a bit further away from that because there's there's so many things that I just love to talk about. Um, But yeah, I've I've embarked upon this journey and it's been such a profound and transformational year uh, for me in my life. I've realised that the more that I slow down, the more space that I create for inspiration, the more creativity comes in, the more connected that I feel to myself and to others, the more vibrant I feel in my health, I feel more vitality, more energy. And so I realised that, man, if I could, like, work with, and I've also worked over the last couple of years primarily with business owners and business leaders in the self-help industry, and I sit there and I watch them frantically marketing themselves, frantically trying to get clients, just frantic and stressed and pushing all of the time, which is actually counterproductive. And I would see that time and time again. And I would tell people to slow down. And they would slow down and they'd experience breakthroughs um, over, this, over this past year. And so, so now, like this is the thing. We're getting excited now to like launch the slow year um, program in 2023. Well in December is when we'll actually do our uh, summit and then invite people to enroll. Uh, And the focus is on people in uh, first and foremost in leadership positions, because we feel that like if we can encourage leaders to take good care of themselves, to slow down, to prioritize communion and connection with other people, then it will just create a ripple effect. Um, Yeah. So,
0: so, so important. I mean, I even struggle with trying to get people to, take an hour out of their day just for themselves so they can think. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can imagine you have uh, for people that aren't, really aware of what a slow year can give them um, Mm. uh, some some convincing to do but what um Mm. I don't know if this gives everything away but can you share like a few things that you did this year that really helped you slow down or things Mm. you did while you were slowing down that Mm. really benefited you um in the last
1: year yeah yeah look one of the one of the really Special things that I did at the beginning of the year and this is where everything comes full circle right is that we decided to really prioritize our storytelling and our local community and that initially was like oh I want people to be able to tell my story their story but then pretty quickly it came to this like this is about communion not just like how do we network or how do we um, you know be in community but like the actual communion piece with people. How do we sit with people? How do we do life with people? How do we? We started hosting dinner parties and book clubs and doing our storytelling event, inviting people to come over and eat with us. After you know, after storytelling, and um, because communion was such a big part of it. So this year, I returned to communion as one of the very first things that I started doing. I started um, spending more time. Uh, taking my time in the kitchen like we had a baking uh, day a couple of weeks ago you and I Michelle and um, and I uh, that's something that's been true for me I've been cooking with friends and spending more time like cooking whole foods and soaking my beans and taking my time and not being always in a rush because it's just like a little way that I can add some slowness um, into my life I've, I've been prioritizing breath and what it means to be connected to my breath um, and with a variety of um, different ways that I've been doing that. And then the other thing is retreats. Like I've been on um, three retreats this year and uh, just been taking that extended time where in the past I just always felt like, oh, well, I can't fully disconnect all of the way. And so this is little, you know, and those are all big things, but I think that there's just even little things. And one big thing that I would say to people uh, that can't even take that hour out of their day to just think is um, one of the principles, you know, there's 13 principles that we've developed that have underpinned the slow year. uh, For for me and my husband, um, in the last couple of months has really been slowing down as well. And one of the first principles is permission. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, they don't give themselves permission to slow down. They think that everything is just going to fall. And so it's kind of diving into those elements of fear and guilt and worry about what will happen if we slow down. You know, will everything just cave? Will nobody else will be able to, like, pick up the slack or, you know, um, all these, all the guilt around. Well, if everybody else around me is like frantic, I should be frantic too. Yeah. And there is this element to which permission is like one of the first principles that we'll be exploring next year, um, mm. as a, as a as a precursor to slowing down.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just. I mean, you can't even see it when people don't want to take a vacation, or they take a vacation but they feel like they need to check in every day and not giving their themselves permission to just kind of take that time that they need for their own wellness. There's, you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of the people around you. So yes, I, I love so much what you're doing. And I wanted to ask you with the, um, the retreats that you went to, is there anything that stands out that was most interesting or kind of not life changing but mm. like something you took away that you're like I, I just can't believe this is has existed and I haven't implemented this mm. before
1: yeah i went on a trip to Tulum actually and i i know Tulum has this you know real, this where everyone goes and i kind of just went down there and i stayed in this jungle uh wellness retreat outside of Tulum called Holistica and I went to a Temescal ceremony, and I think that that was just—I I left there not the same. Um, that experience was something that I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. Um, if you don't know what a Temescal ceremony is, basically it's like a clay dome. It's like a sweat lodge, and they heat up these big rocks and they put them in the center of the of of the of this clay. It looks like a clay hut, and then. Um, you're in there for like about an hour and a half um, and it's hot and it's pitch black. And there was about 20 other people in there with me. I was by myself. I was with strangers. I thought that I was kind of going in there. Oh, it's going to, I thought it would be hard, but I thought, oh, it's going to be detoxifying and purifying. I didn't really understand kind of like the other spiritual elements of like an emotional elements of what happens when you're in that situation like I freaked out and thought to myself, "I'm claustrophobic. I can't breathe." I started freaking out, and there was um, the guide that was in the in the uh, Temescal with us. Kind of said, "You know, the fear is not yours. You know, let go, surrender." And I was panicked, like terror throughout my body. But I stayed with it because I also kind of had this out of body experience where I realized, like, wow. Obviously, I can breathe. <laughs> obviously, I can breathe, um, and obviously, this is my mind and my emotions going wild. And if I could just get control of this, I feel like I would be in a better place. And so, I really did. I surrendered, um, uh, and I, and I don't know what your if your audience might be freaked out hearing that word, but I kind of let go. Okay, so I let I let go of the uh, need to kind of control and accepted that I could breathe and I self-soothed and calmed myself down. And by the time I got out of there an hour and a half later, I felt like a new person, like I can do hard things. Like for somebody who's so used to going, 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 going all the time, to be stuck in this place where you can't go anywhere, where you can't be on your phone, where you can't see, where you can't, all you have is your emotions and your mind, and then you start to realise just how just what your inner world is like Um, and so there is that that was probably the most transformational experience that I had this year um, because I think in that moment I realized um, that so much of our pace is often self-inflicted even when the world around us is going fast or even when we have a lot of things on our plate we can find inner slowness and inner softness. We can calm our minds that when everything around us feels like it's in turmoil, that there is still a source of peace that exists within us.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that personal, personal experience. I mm-hmm. I hope that it brings value to, to our, to our listeners. Um, with the, uh, slow year experience I know you're still kind of maybe building that but what like if somebody was interested what would they expect to get out of the next year
1: yeah yeah well we're we're it's a 12 month um life and wellness program um and so over the course of uh 12 months together we'll be Learning about different principles and how to actually integrate them into our lives. And so I'll be introducing the different principles of creativity and communion and generosity and a number of other principles. We have different people that are going to come in that are teachers and experts in their area who will be leading ceremonies. You know, a lot of sound and breath work and we'll be doing cooking and learning how to prepare and, and nourish our bodies and movement and tend to the spirit. But we'll also be having opportunity for a community community so that no matter where you are in the world, you can jump on a call. You can have been a part of conversations and storytelling circles. Uh, and then we'll also be doing kind of these coaching calls as well um, for you to come in with myself and my husband. Um, And to explore these concepts, explore the concepts of permission, um, explore the concepts of creativity and communion and how you can begin integrating them into your own life in order to slow down. So it's going to be a really um, special experience. We had calls this morning with uh, other um, practitioners that are going to be involved with it and uh, some really cool, very talented people to guide you through um the year and the experience and uh, no doubt that like lives are going to be changed transformed um
0: yeah i'm so excited to kind of see how this all um pulls together and really hear about how um how how it uh, affects people's lives. And mm-hmm. I know you're looking at having like offsite retreats as well. Do you think you'll have experiences like the one you had in Tulum that will be kind of life-changing? I know
1: we'll have life-changing experiences. I'm not sure about um, the Cow yet. Um, <laughs> I would need to find somebody to to, faci- to facilitate that. I, of course, wouldn't even attempt to do so. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we have. St- we're still we're still kind of um, figuring out the details around retreats. We haven't even settled on our first location yet. But we, although we do have a, a place that we're visiting this week. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that one of the coolest parts of like anything that we do. Um, from storytelling to uh, retreats, is that we're like really big on we're really big on holding space in a way that we hope people feel like they're a part of something that's bigger than they are. That they have fun, like and that's a big thing. Like and that's going to be a big part of the year as well. Is that like. We're fun and we want to have fun and we want people to have fun and we want we want to remember how to have fun, that everything isn't so serious all the time, that there are going to be these tools and these uh, practices that you can integrate into your life, but also that you're just going to meet cool new people and start doing life, like, with people and have some fun um, no matter where you are. Um, and so... Yeah, I don't know. I went off on a tangent there, but just just to say, like, uh, we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a good time.
0: Yeah, so important having fun. You're de- you're right. I mean, as we get older, we really lose more of that play. And mm. I wish, you know, I mean, I'm I'm happy to see that there are things, you know, that are popping up, like the slow year experience, that really bring help bring people back to to the play and joy and fun. Um, mm. I love that. So I'm not, and so I don't want listeners to pop off, but since we're talking about the slow year, is there, a, are there, there's a wait list that if anybody wanted to kind of hop on the wait list, would yeah. you like to provide that? Yeah,
1: yeah sure. It's just the slowyear.com. So if you go to the slowyear.com right now, it's just a single wait list page um, that you can go ahead and jump on the wait list. We do have our virtual summit that we are hosting on December 3rd. We haven't really um, announced that yet. Um, that's still in the works. We're finalizing the things before we open the doors to that. But I will say it'll be at theslowyear.com as well. We'll just replace the page. So if you go to theslowyear.com, whatever you're meant to do will be there, either the summer page or the waitlist page by the time you, you get there. Perfect. Thank you. And um, so now it
0: if you're okay, I'd like to switch over to maybe some more general questions. Um, sure. And one, you know, one of the, one of our fundamental, uh, one of the fundamental aspects of BossTrack is mentorship and really helping guide people through their careers and provide advice and feedback when they need it give them encouragement um hyping them up like we do here on the hype Hype squad Mm -hmm. with boss track Mm -hmm. um do you have a a mentor that you really uh you can look back and really appreciate that they they were in your life
1: yeah yeah the person that immediately comes to mind whenever I get asked this question is uh Barbara Barna Abel and um Barbara is a She's a casting director and she's a media coach and um, just an incredible human that I met like a couple of years ago. Um, and Barbara is just, you know, she's just asked me some of the important questions from a couple of years ago going, okay, so you're a personal branding coach and you teach people how to brand themselves, but what's your brand? And I remember thinking like, is that not I mean I help other people to like is that not a brand? like and it, it was just that that question um because she in in that she was pushing me to think more broadly because she knew that there was something else that I was called to do and that I wasn't operating at the highest level of what I could be and that question stayed with me for a really long time and there's things that popped up along the way but I couldn't quite figure it out and it wasn't until last year when the slow year kind of came to my mind I said I want to experience the slow year and then everybody started that I started to find all these stories and all of these connections to my childhood and to most of my life that made this slow year so much in my truth and in my integrity but it came because I had that mentor that kind of guided me but also pushed me to think um and to stay open really to stay open
0: sounds amazing i wish everybody had a a mentor that they can look back at that has been as life-changing as as, um as her um in terms of your so you're very focused on wellness. Um, mm-hmm. So I imagine for yourself, you have something you do every day, that you attribute your well being to is it, do you have like a morning routine, a, an evening routine, something that you could share with everybody?
1: Yeah, well, I will say I think that the way that you end your day informs the way that you start your morning. I just want to put that out there. I've, I've, um, I have inconsistently, so I'm going to tell you the thing I did inconsistently, but how much it makes a difference when I do it, and then I'll tell you uh, one thing that is changing, is that um, if I, my evening ritual um, is to um, have a hot drink, dim the lights, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to dim the lights in my bedroom, and do some type of meditation or listen to Calm app or something like that. This makes a huge difference before I go to bed. I don't have these vivid, scary dreams like I normally do. This wind down about an hour before bed where I shut off my screens, it makes a big difference for the next morning. When I don't do it, I feel it. Like I, I it t- it's harder to get out of bed in the morning. There's kind of like my brain activity is like heavy overnight. I'm dreaming like a crazy person. Um Uh, It makes a big difference. But the thing I will say um, with my morning routine, uh, I leave the house. Like first thing in the morning, I walk outside. Um, Like even when I lived in Chicago, the first thing that in the middle of the cold, I would like walk outside even if it's just to stand on the patio for a couple of minutes. Hmm. Um, Leaving my house is one of the first things I do. Um, when I leave the house, I'm either I will either walk to the to the gym to get some exercise, go for a walk with a friend, or sometimes I'll go to a coffee shop and do my journaling. Um, there, I have a whole morning ritual, but that's the most important thing. And what think. what do you think leaving the house does for you like? Um, it doesn't get me stuck in cycles of delay. <laughs> I think that uh, and and to be clear, I don't leave this house to go to work ever. Um it 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 stops me from getting stuck in cycles of delay. I think sometimes the first thing when you get up in the morning and you like pick up your phone and you start looking at it or you overthink how you're going to spend the morning before you know it, like half an hour has passed and you've done nothing. Uh and that didn't I hate it when that happens to me. I love to start the morning with intention. So I think the first thing is just it's intention. I also love the fresh air hitting my face. I just feel like it's just this wake-up. I love looking up and seeing the palm trees, seeing the sky. Um, it just, I don't know, the light coming into my eyes makes me feel more alert. I don't know, going outside is like this a spiritual experience for me. I just i feel into all of it, whereas a lot of the times if I get up and I stay indoors, um, for me personally, um yeah, I just don't I don't I don't wake up and move as intentionally.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. And um I used to go out every morning and meditate on the deck and I ended up for some reason stopping that and then meditating inside and and I understand. I don't know really why I ever stopped because that that something about the fresh air and having the world around you and feeling it mm. is uh is somehow a little more therapeutic than being closed up inside your house. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You realize that yeah. you, I mean, I think a big thing for me has been this idea of bigger than me, bigger than me. And there's something about going outside that first thing in the morning makes you realize that like, there's this whole world. It's like bigger than you. And you, you know, you feel the, the things on your, the wind on your face. And the if there's a little bit of drizzle in the air, like there's been a lot lately, like I'll even go out if it's just drizzling a little bit, you know, and just that feeling of the fresh air and bathing in nature, Um, even when you live in a city uh, I think it makes a difference yeah and then um,
0: in terms of maybe when you're feeling down during the day or you need to get yourself pumped up or need some confidence do you have any music that is your kind of go-to music to get you feeling uh, more
1: confident yeah, I love I love anything Bruno, Bruno Mars. <laughs> showtime is like my showtime song. Like it's showtime. Um, and then lately I've been really getting into like Leon Bridges. He's got that song Take Me to the River, which is when I'm feeling like I just need this, I need to be moved in some way. I'll actually lay on the ground and listen to Leon Bridges. Bruno Bruno gets me up and like hyped, and Leon's like, you know, gives me the inspiration. <laughs> to feel I feel moved perfect so. perfect
0: And I think uh Le Bridges came up before in one of my calls so just, oh, yeah uh, I, I don't I don't listen to too much of him I think I've got one song on a playlist mm-hmm. somewhere but I'll have to mm-hmm. check that and more of that out and yeah. Bruno Mars it's one of the few concerts that I've actually been to and it was pretty amazing ah, So awesome. I'm with you I'm with you on the
1: Bruno Mars <laughs> awesome. he's good. to always entertain yeah.
0: yes definitely. Um, Is there something so one of the things that we like to do is really help women uh, out in some small way to make their lives better. And part of that can be just something that they uh, could buy or invest in that will make their their days just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there something that you've Bought in the last year or two, under hundred dollars, like more affordable. That that has changed your life in some way that you might recommend mm. somebody consider.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that I regularly do for myself these days is buy flowers. Uh-huh. I um yeah I go to Trader Joe's and get myself a six dollar bunch or you know and just have them in the middle of the of the table next to my um candle. I think there's just something about buying yourself flowers and coming home and like trimming them and filling the water vase and seeing them bloom, arranging them how you want that just, I don't know, is really soothing and calming for the spirit. Mm -hmm. So I think flowers, I think, have made a difference, (laughs) especially my slow year. And then I think from a productivity standpoint, um, I have a great planner called uh, Michael Hyatt's Full Focus Planner, I think is a game changer as well.
0: I'll have to check that out. I, I'm I'm with you on the flowers. Like, what it, do you have a favorite flower?
1: Um, I like lilies. I, I'm not. I wouldn't say that. I. It's not. I mean, I I love so many flowers. I'm not. I'm not fussy with my flowers. Honestly, if they're bright, I would opt for like the last ones I have were bright orange roses. I'd never mm. even seen an orange rose before. Mm. And I walked in and I. So I love roses. I love lilies. I think I've got hydrangeas on the – I've got hydrangeas right now. Yeah. Yeah, Uh hydrangeas and uh, I love peonies. Oh, yes, me too. Oh, and dahlias. I didn't even – oh, they're so pretty. I saw them at the retreat. I was at a retreat at the end of September in Martha's Vineyard and um, they had dahlias on the table. I didn't even know. I mean, I'd seen it before. I didn't – but rarely – and I showed my mom, actually, I took a picture and sent it to my mom and she's big into flowers. I thought, wow. So those are gorgeous.
0: So everybody buy more flowers. a <laughs> uh, Treat to yourself. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, and then you mentioned earlier that you read a lot or you did read a lot. Are there any books that stand out or maybe something you've read recently that you would recommend to the audience? Um, it, fiction or nonfiction?
1: fiction um mm. yeah I'm reading The Artist's Way right now um by Julia Cameron um it's really a special book I think no matter if you're a business owner or you're in corporate America um or you're an artist um bringing more creativity into your life is just such a special way to feel more connected I think to the essence of life um so that's a book I think that I would feels really true and a good recommendation for me right now.
0: Yeah. I think uh, the universe must be telling me to pull that back out and reread it because I was at a book event yesterday and the, um, the host of the event also talked about reading the artist's way and really? how life-changing it was. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Definitely go pick it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I think our time, we actually apologize, we went a little bit over, but I'd love um, before we kind of say goodbye, is there anywhere besides theslowyear.com that uh, our audience can reach out to you if they wanted to say hello, have any questions, have any comments?
1: Yeah, yeah my website is Um, so they can find out more about uh, me there and the work that I've done. Um, and also feel free to connect as well.
0: Great. Well, thank you. I, this has been such a great conversation and, um, you provided such value to our audience and, um, I'm looking forward to everyone getting to hear it and the feedback and, uh, also looking forward to your slow year experience and, um, that, that, uh, yeah, I think so needed for everybody and I uh, can't wait to, to see how that, how that, uh, unfolds
1: polls yeah yeah thank you so much and thank you so much for having me what a yes. what a pleasure what an honor well great
0: well I hope you enjoy your day
1: okay
0: right, bye 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 hi everyone this is Michelle again just one more thing before you take off if you've enjoyed this podcast consider joining our patreon at patreon.com forward slash boss track or sign up for our free weekly newsletter it's easy to sign up and easy to cancel. Every Monday, we send out a short, exclusive newsletter of what we found during the week that we're excited about, we're inspired by, and we're watching and reading. If you'd like to check it out, just to go to thebosstrack.com forward slash newsletter. Just type that into your browser, thebosstrack.com forward slash newsletter. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.